You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Yeah. City Church Downtown is where you can get faith and Foo Fighters all in the same place. Man, good times, right? Man, it is so good to be back with you guys this week. And uh, how about a good shout out and honoring to Humby for an awesome three-week series that we got. Was that not great? Yeah. So I listened to all those online and uh, thought that was a fantastic series. And uh, so it's good to be back home. And you know, uh, I know that some of you are perhaps uh, spiritual investigators, friends, relatives who have been invited to church and you come here for the first time and you're kind of spiritually kicking some tires to figure out if you want to believe in God or Jesus or any of that. And we hope you'll feel welcome to come here and kind of explore faith at your own pace. Um, you know, in case you're new, this church has been here for like 10 years uh, in the downtown area. And I've been so excited about all the great things that that God has done here at City Church downtown, and I've been thinking about the next 10 years, and particularly, uh, what's our church going to do, what is my role, and what God wants to do in and through our church in the next 10 years in the future, and I was really helped by a little book called Hero Makers, and that's the uh, basically where we got the title of this series, and I'm going to be teaching some of the things uh, from this book in this series. If you want to pick up the book, you can find it at amazon.com or wherever else books are sold. Um, Also, um, we'll have some here in the coming weeks if we can get some, but it's really hard to get the book now because a lot of people are buying it. Um, In addition to that, um, I kind of want a social media bully, uh, Dave Ferguson, the author of the book, until he gives us a video shout out from our church. So uh, if you guys want to help me do that, uh, that would be a lot of fun because I love this book. But one of the things that it's going to teach us in there is that if you want to go from good to great, average to excellent, you have to learn a secret in this book. And the secret is one that was learned by Michael Jordan and David Robinson. Okay, I I like basketball, you know, so sports, you know, analogies always connect with me. Um, But basically what these guys did was um, they made a mind shift in the way that they thought about their game. So some of you remember the days when Jordan started to pass the ball to Scottie Pippen and others on his team, and he went from winning games to winning championships. Some of you remember when David Robinson had to pass the ball to Tim Duncan and take a step back and allow someone else to be the hero. He started passing the ball to his teammates. It wasn't about him. And these are guys that realize this one truth. Why would you want to settle for being a hero when you can be a hero maker? See, heroes win games, but hero makers win championships. And that's what we want in our lives. And God is going to speak to some of you and expand your vision for your life and your ministry. This series is not about me or this church. It's about you and what God wants to do through you for his kingdom. And, you know, in every good story, there's always a hero maker. There's not just a hero, but there's a hero maker. How many of you like Star Wars? Anybody besides me? And so how many of you know that Luke Skywalker needed Yoda to help him become a hero. Uh, How many of you know that Rocky Balboa needed Mickey, didn't he, to train him how to box? How many of you know that Frodo Baggins needed Gandalf to help him? And the bigger the beard, really, the more anointing on the hero maker. Can I get an amen, men with beards, right? Uh, Then Tim Duncan, of course, needed Coach Pop to make him into 
a hero. So why would we want to settle for just being a, a hero when we could become hero makers? And God is going to use this series to transform some of you and the vision that you have for your life and your future to make you into hero makers. And I got to tell you a dirty little secret. And that is that pastors are notorious for having what's called a Messiah complex. A Messiah complex is really a recovery need where we feel like that we have to be the heroes and that we can save everyone, and we seldom pass that on to other people and allow others to be the heroes. And we should know better than that because what the Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 11, says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. Some people call this the fivefold gifts. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And the future of my life in ministry and this church is building and equipping you to do the work of the ministry, to develop you. And so for me, this means a mind shift, a change in mentality. If I was just going to be the hero, I'll show you on the chart, I'd share what I've learned in ways that would add followers to me. But if I want to become a hero maker, I have to share what I've learned in ways that multiplies disciples who can train others. If I want to be the hero, I ask God to bless and use my gifts and abilities. But if I want to be a hero maker, I ask God to bless leaders that I'm empowering to work in and through them. That's why for the last three weeks you saw Humby, you didn't see me, and you're going to see Robbie and others that are being developed and trained to be deployed for the work of God's kingdom in and through this church and perhaps elsewhere. And our success at City Church downtown is no longer going to be about our seating capacity, but it's going to be about our sending capacity, where a major emphasis will be developing and deploying you guys in order to go out and be the church and spread the kingdom, sometimes maybe even through other campuses as we plant other churches in the future. And I understand what some of you are feeling and thinking as you come in. You're like, some of you are like, hey, Doug, man, I, I'm jacked up right now. I mean, I, my life, I'm not thinking about broadening my, you know, vision and, you know, doing all this work for the kingdom because I'm hurting right now. But look, the way to get through what you're going through is to have a new vision of what God wants to do in and through you. There's something big that God has for you. And let that be motivation for you to get through the pain that you're dealing with in your life right now. And you're going sh- to be shown and taught five different practices of hero makers throughout this series. And today, we're going to focus in on the first one, multiplication thinking. Multiplication thinking challenges us to dream Big. And as we're going to see in a minute, dreaming big is not just an exercise in pride and hubris, but it's an exercise of the kingdom of God and that which is biblical. When I started out in the ministry many years ago, I was like a young college dude. Um, and during that time, I had a vision or a dream for the ministry that I would do for God. And the dream was this. I just dreamed about being a youth pastor in a church with about 30 teenagers that I could invest in. And you know what? That's a good dream. That's a good vision. And I love students. I love coming to City Youth sometimes. In fact, I'm really stoked about uh, teaching at City Youth this Wednesday night. So students, I want to see you there. Um, But here's the thing. God wanted to expand my vision to have a dream beyond 
just a small group of 30 students. There's nothing wrong with that vision. That's a great vision. It's a good dream. I love it. I would be content to do that to this day. But God used a text from the scriptures in my first sermon that I ever preached, that I ever gave in big church. You know the difference between big church and legit? Like when I was in the youth group as a kid, um, we called that like little church, but a big church is where all the adults were in there. And so I had to give this formal sermon. I dressed up in my little suit and everything, and I stood up there and gave a talk. And um, it was on Ephesians 3.20. And this has become my life verse. And it expanded my vision and my dream uh, when I was younger. Look at it with me, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do, look at that, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to do immeasurably more than you and I can ask or imagine. Do you have a good imagination? Well, God wants to blow that up and do something beyond what you can even imagine in your life. And throughout the years, I've experienced the power of God working in ways that I never dreamed I would see in my own life. I've seen God set me free from addictions that I thought I could never get rid of in my life. I've seen God miraculously heal some people. I've seen this church continue to grow and expand in a way that is beyond anything I could have ever dreamed before. You know that so far this year, we've seen almost 200 people get baptized in this church, and we got another baptism to go. And we saw 52 people Uh, willing to proclaim their faith in Christ last Sunday at baptisms last week. So is anybody excited about that? And so God used that passage to get me to see that maybe there's more than what I was dreaming before. And you know, uh, I think that we have to look at any good things that are happening in our lives with humility and sobriety. Um, And I think that's why the next verse is there, Ephesians 3.21. Look at that one. It says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's not not like about our glory, but it's about to him because God did the work. And look, this is beyond just false humility. You know what I mean by false humility? The Christian, you know you're supposed to be humble and all that, and so someone compliments you, and you just said, oh, all glory to God, you know? Um, you know, it's like, oh, nothing, it's not about me, all glory to God. But, but, but what this is talking about is not like false humility that we tack on to our conversation, but what this is talking about is when you know in your heart of hearts that those good things could not have happened had not the God of the universe intervened and done something to make it happen. That's what we're talking about here. And that is what God is doing in some of us. And, and what I firmly believe is that what God wants to do in you in this series is to get you to expand your vision. Some of you have small dreams and God like he's gently worked with me to expand my vision. He's infinite, right? And for us to like see all that's in his head would just cause us to explode and melt down. But he gently expands our vision. And God is expanding the dreams that he has for many of you to be Ephesians 3.20 kinds of dreams that are beyond immeasurably, immeasurably 
beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine, see? So why not? Why not you? Is there some reason that you can't do it? You have God. And if you have the God of the universe, the Bible teaches that I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. So why not you? Why not us together to see immeasurably more than we can think or imagine? And God's kingdom is one that's designed to expand. It doesn't stay the same, but it's always in motion. It's always expanding. One of the metaphors that Jesus uses for the kingdom is leaven. When you put leaven in a lump of dough, it expands and creates delicious bread to eat. How many of you are hungry looking at that picture on screen right now? But the kingdom is also described as like a mustard seed. It's just a small seed, but when it's planted, it grows and it spreads and spreads and spreads. That's the kingdom of God. In fact, some of the language for the kingdom is that it's not a kingdom of addition, but it's a kingdom of multiplication. Now, I want to illustrate that. Uh, James, would you come out and help me illustrate uh, this thing of the multiplication of the kingdom? Uh, there's James, and I need one person from the audience. Felicia, Felicia come, on, come on down here. Uh, come on, up here, rather. And they're going to help me uh, demonstrate addition versus Multiplication, okay, stand right over here. She dressed up nice. Philip, you should be proud. Your lady's got her dress on and all that. So um, we're going to talk about marshmallows for a minute, see? How many of you know that, that, that s'mores are nothing without the marshmallow uh, attached to it, right? Some of you are getting hungry just looking at these lumps of sugary goodness. Now, let's imagine for a minute that I'm giving away marshmallows by addition to James... I know you want your marshmallow. Just hold on. <laughs> and by multiplication to Felicia. So uh, here's the way it would work. If I was giving by addition, I would give James one marshmallow on day one. I'm giving him marshmallows for 30 days. Um, I, would, uh, I would add to that. I'd give him two on day two, three on day three, four on day four, and so on for 30 days. But my multiplier over here if I was given by multiplication, here's your marshmallow, James. You feel better? Good. Okay. Now, I would give Felicia one marshmallow on day one, and I would double it on day two, and triple it on day three, and quadruple it on day four. So how many marshmallows would each of them have on day 30? Well, if I was giving marshmallows by addition, James would have 456 marshmallows. Take a look at a picture of what that would look like. That's pretty good, isn't it, James? But Felicia, if I gave her marshmallows by multiplication, I have to read off the number of marshmallows she would have. She would have, by day 30, 265,252 octillion, 859 septillion, 812 sextillion, is that even a thing? 191 quintillion marshmallows. You can see an aerial view of what that would look like because it would cover the planet with marshmallows. Sister girl would be the queen of all marshmallows. There would be no s'mores being eaten without her permission. So why would we settle for 456 marshmallows when we could have 
octillions and sextillions of marshmallows, see? But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we're not talking about something as frivolous as a marshmallow. We're talking about eternal things and people's lives and souls, things that matter, right? So multiplication thinking is the way of the hero maker. Would you guys join me in thanking our volunteers? Give it to your husband. (laughs) So our church continues to grow and expand. And uh, we have a small building here. So what are we going to do? Because one of the things that we've noticed is that um, when we fill up 70% of the chairs in this 10 o'clock service and the 1130 service, and inhibits growth. We have to create more space. And so that's why we added an early service. And those people that like to get up early, they come to the 830, but there are not as many of them. You guys like to sleep in on your weekends, don't you? Jesus would love you more if you came to church at 830. (laughs) But what I've noticed is that uh, if we fill up 70% of the chairs at this 10 o'clock service and the 1130, then our growth goes flat, see? So we have to keep adding space, and so we renovated the Cameo, we added a balcony up there, uh, we keep adding services and all of that, and where we've noticed that we have some space is in the video cafe. So that's why on January the 20th, we're going to launch what's called the Video Cafe Campus. And what that's gonna do is we're gonna have live music there uh, next door in the Video Cafe, so those of you that are worshiping in there right now, uh, you're gonna have live music coming your way On January the 20th, we're improving the video experience, so uh, perhaps you notice a much nicer shot uh, on camera there uh, in the video cafe, and we're going to have increased engagement with the things we're doing in the services in here in the theater. And here's why we're doing it, so that we can grow by addition here, but so that we can train our worship arts volunteers and others next door so that we can grow by multiplication so that people are prepared and trained up to go start new city church campuses or churches elsewhere. See? Uh, So uh, look forward to that coming in January, and I would love it if some of you would participate in that uh, in the coming days. Um, But we have to keep our focus outward towards the community and towards those that want a relationship with God that don't have it. Um, Churches should not be inwardly focused, but should be outwardly focused, like centrifugal force, like the Olympic discus thrower. In his circle, he will get momentum within the circle in order to throw the discus further to win the gold medal. But what are churches that focus on ministries and all of their efforts just for themselves rather than the community and outreach to others? Well, we would call those centripetal force churches that are like the toilet, right? All the energy goes down into us. We want clean toilets at church, but we don't want to be a toilet church that focuses on ourselves. And the part of the reason for this is Acts 1.8. Look at what the Bible says there. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon who? You. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And look at this. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, let me show you a little map of the Holy Land in that day when this was written. And you'll see on this map 
three different red stars. And the middle red star is going to represent Jerusalem. So for that group of people, it's like Jesus is saying to them, hey, you're to go and reach people with my gospel right here in the downtown area, as some of you are being called to continually reach out to friends and neighbors right here in our city. But then the star at the bottom represents Judea. That's like Southern Bear County. That's like those of you from the South Side, you know, I love you South Siders. Um, you guys are being called of God to go there and reach people for the kingdom of God. Perhaps someday we'll start another church or campus down on the South Side. And you can see the uh, star to the north there, the one on top, that represents Samaria, which was roughly 40 to 50 miles away from Jerusalem to the north. Um, That's about as far as San Marcos is from us today. So perhaps we need to start a city church campus someday in San Marcos or New Braunfels or somewhere north of here. But the Bible also says you're being sent to the end of the earth, the ends of the earth. Some of you in this room, someone in the video cafe, some child next door in Kid City may be called by God someday to go to another state, to go to another country, because we all realize that Texas is its own country, isn't it? And uh, some of you will be called to go to other states or perhaps other countries, Africa, um, somewhere in Asia, somewhere in South America, to take the gospel there. And if you think about Jesus' young disciples, they were these young guys who perhaps had never traveled out of their little region. They stayed in their little pocket. But what Jesus was doing was he was blowing up their dreams to get them to expand their lives and expand their dreams and expand the influence of the kingdom because it's such an important thing. Remember my little vision when I was a young guy wanting to be a youth pastor of a group of 30 kids? I never could have dreamed that I would be standing before you in this type of environment here. Look, I am a common white guy, okay? I've done that like 23andMe DNA testing, and it just is stuff white people do, you know, to show us all the variations of white that we are. Uh, And I never could have imagined that I would be here with a primarily Hispanic church, but I love it, you know? I love you, and I love being in, in spiritual family with you, but I could have never dreamed that before. And God has sent me to Africa and I've been to Russia and Brazil and all over the world to the ends of the earth. And I never would have dreamed I could have done something like that. But it's God gently nudging me and pushing me to dream a bigger dream. And just when I think I've got my dream big, God starts nudging me gently again to expand the vision again. In fact, I was reading the Hero Maker book when I was in Liberia, Africa back in May of this year, and I was doing the chapter on multiplication thinking. And in that chapter, there's a little exercise called the dream napkin. And the the point of the exercise is for you to write down on a napkin the dream or the vision that God gives you for your influence in this life. And so I was drawing it out, you know, planting other churches and this kind of thing. And uh, I I finished my little drawing there, and I knew that the little exercise was trying to get me to expand my vision and think big. And so, you know, when you know what the exercise is doing, you kind of play to the exercise. And so I thought I was coming up with this big number, like we're going to reach 7,000 people uh, for Christ, you know, through church plants or whatever else. And then I turned the page of the book, and it said, multiply that number you just wrote down by 100. And I kind of chuckled to myself because that number would be 700,000 people that we would reach, right? 
And honestly, I kind of rolled my eyes. Because I thought, yeah, that's just, that would just be a lot of pride and, uh, you know, someone trying to be a big shot or something like that. I don't need that. Well, then I get this message from Humby. I was in my hotel room there in Africa and so I could get internet and, you know, I get this text message from him and he says, hey, did you see this little uh, shout out that Ernie Johnson gave us on the NBA TNT halftime show? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. I can't get American television here. And so he sent this to me and someone had recorded this little video of Ernie Johnson shouting out our church um, on TNT's halftime show. In case you hadn't seen that on social media or in one of our services, uh, we'll play a video of that now. Go ahead and take a look. During Final Four, I was able to, uh, on Easter Sunday, went to City Church downtown in San Antonio. This is a great church doing great things for the people there and a wide demographic there. And it's just a beautiful place. Made my Easter Sunday very special. So 2500 to City Church downtown in San Antonio. Shout out to the pastor there, Doug Robbins, over there at Cameo Theater. You guys do a great job. <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. So check this out. So I see that and I'm sitting in my hotel room. And I find out how many people saw that. 1.8 million people saw that little shout out to our church. And it was like God was whispering to me, Doug, don't roll your eyes at 700,000 when if in an instant I want to reach out to 1.8 million, I will do as I please, see? And God may use that for you to expand your dream and your vision. Look, it's not about building yourself up or becoming bigger than you should be. It's not that for me either. But it's about connecting with the power of God and giving glory and honor to him. Dream bigger than you're dreaming now. And I brought today my little dream napkin exercise that I did in that hotel room. And on my dream napkin, I wrote down at the top the 700,000 through churches that are outwardly focused, that are planting new churches and empowering people four generations from now. That's part of my dream. And I'd like each of you to do this dream napkin exercise. Um, And I'm going to show you how to do that here in just a minute. But remember our mission as a church. We're here to help people who feel far from God become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And there are so many people in our city and around the world that just feel far from God, and that's unnecessary. It's like a young woman named Aria. She moved here from Corpus Christi, and she was looking for a church online, and so she put it out there on her social media. You know, does anybody know of a good church to go to? And another young woman who's not even a believer in Christ recommended our church. I think that's pretty good when unbelievers recommend our church uh, to come here. And then our very own Uh, Sadie Garza reached out to Aria and invited her to come to church. And this last Sunday, she came. She didn't have a ride to church, so she had to take an Uber to get to church. And last week, because of the prompting of the Spirit, she stepped up to come and be baptized. I brought Aria's baptism picture from last Sunday. Would anybody join me in welcoming Aria into the family? Right on. But it's because of precious and important souls like areas that you have to draw out your dream napkin and dream bigger to reach and help and serve others. So here's how you do the dream napkin exercise. 
You can write it down on any napkin. Did you get a napkin when you came in today? That wasn't to blow your nose with, okay? That, that's like to write this out. So take it home and uh, do number two, pray and ask God to inspire your dream. And then write down the dream that God brings to mind. Now look, uh, my dream napkin keeps changing. It keeps developing. Sometimes it develops more like a Polaroid than an instant snapshot, you know? So follow the directions there. And uh, once you have prayed and written down the picture of your dream that God's placing in your heart, then do number two, or three rather, expand it by 100. And then you've got a God-sized dream. And if you can do it by yourself, then it's not a big enough dream. You'll need help. You'll need help from others and you'll need help from God. And we're gonna do a social media giveaway. So if you post your dream napkin on social media and hashtag CCDT dream napkin and tag three of your friends, then you may win something awesome. But as we wrap up today, I wanted to tell you the story about a woman named Dranafil. Dranafil had a little daughter that she loved named Agnes. And when Agnes, her little daughter that she loved, was eight years old, Dranafil's husband passed away and she became a single mother. She was raising a few kids and her favorite child was uh, Agnes. And even though uh, dad being gone now was causing financial hardship, they continued to be active in their local church and they were always good to the poor and generous to others in need. And during those days, uh, women were not seen as leaders in the church, but Dranafil wanted to expand the dream napkin of her daughter Agnes, and so she looked her in the face and said, you can serve God, and serve God Agnes did. In fact, you and I know of Agnes as Mother Teresa, and Mother Teresa won a Nobel Peace Prize for serving the poorest of the poor in our world. And she not only became a hero, but she became a hero maker. She started the missionaries of charity. And Mother Teresa passed away in 1997, and one would think with such a strong leader, certainly the missionaries of charity would fizzle out. Well, at her death in 1997, they had uh, a little over 4,200 missionaries of charity. And today, they have over 5,500 missionaries of charity serving in 139 countries. Why? Because a hero maker mom poured into her daughter, and her daughter became a hero maker who poured into over 4,000 missionaries at the time that grew to 5,000. And that dream and that vision is outliving Mother Teresa and the vision and dream that God is placing in your heart today should outlive you and outlive me. You know, some of you who are new to church and you're not a believer in Christ, you've been led to believe much of your life that God wants to limit your life. And God has all these rules to keep you from doing all the stuff you want to do. But if you, if you meet the real God, he doesn't limit your life, but he expands your life and your dreams. The Bible says that those who find freedom in Christ are free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. 
to dream a bigger dream. And I know what you're thinking. You come into church and you often think, man, I'm not a very good, I mean, I've done some bad things. If everybody in this room knew all the bad stuff I've done, I mean, it would be really embarrassing. I've done some bad stuff, like to make Jesus want to lick gin out of the cat dish, you know? I mean, it was, I've done some stuff that make me feel guilty. But what you got to understand is that's Jesus' specialty to reach people who have done bad things. In fact, he reached Saul, who became Paul. Paul used to be a terrorist that would murder people. And then he reached this vertically challenged tax cheat named Zacchaeus. And if you knew the people that were sitting around you right now, there are some yahoos in this room right now. I know your stories. That's why you can know that we could use one more around here who would receive the grace of God, who would receive a new vision from God to be free indeed. With that in mind, let's bow for prayer. And as we bow before the Lord, perhaps you'd want to pray something like this as you meet him. Just pray, God, I know I've sinned. And right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. I welcome you into my life. All the rest of us who have known Christ for some time, we're praying something like this, God, I open my heart and mind to you to expand my vision, expand my dream. And God, if you will give me a dream in my head and in my heart to advance your kingdom, then I will obey you. Father, we thank you for all the good that you're doing in our lives, in our church, and in this city. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.